0: This morning we're looking, looking in the book of Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14, a very familiar passage, one we've used before, one we will visit again. Some uh, passages has more material in it than others. How you know, many know what I'm talking about? Matthew chapter number 14. And we'll begin reading with verse 22. We will read down and include verse 33, Matthew chapter number 14, verse 22. The Bible says that immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand caught him and said to him, Oh you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. I'm using for my subject today, faithing our future. Faithing our future, God, I thank you that you indeed have an incredible plan for us. A plan to prosper us and not to harm us. To give us a future and a hope. But God, I understand that I have my part to do with my future as well. And my part is faith. To believe and exercise my faith and obey in faith the commands that you give to me. God, I pray again for your anointing to rest upon the message today, upon the messenger, Lord, this morning. Give us ears to hear the word of God today. God, may we not just be a hearer of your word, but may we be doers of your word as well. Let there be signs following the word of God today. We ask in Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated. this morning. Now, just before the passage that I just read to you, Jesus and his disciples had fed 5,000 hungry families out of a lunch pail of a little boy. The disciples had just witnessed supernatural provision. And no doubt they were still basking in the glory of it when, when Jesus informs them that, that, that it is time for them to move on. Now, as I look at our passage today, there are three things that that I see that kind of jump out at me, and I want to point them out to you this morning. The first thing that I that I see in our passage is I see the resistance. In verse 22, it says that Jesus made, say made. It says that Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Now, the fact that Jesus made them get into the boat tells me that they did not want to get in the boat. For whatever reason, they didn't want to leave where they were, nor were they too excited about about going where Jesus was was wanting to take them. Sounds like some of us. You might, you might say, well, pastor, why did they not want to leave? And why did they not want to go where Jesus was intending to take them? Well, let me give you two reasons. The first one, possibly, is because of past success. Because of past success. Success. In verses 13 through 21, it tells us that they were experiencing a phenomenal success. Literally thousands of people had gathered uh, to be in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. To hear the Lord speak uh, and to watch him perform the miraculous. And here are thousands of people and, and miracles are happening on every hand. And, and the bread and the fish are multiplying. You see, where they were was a happening place. And who in the world would want to leave there? Who would want to leave someplace where the miracles are flowing and where the people are gathering at and where the food is being provided? Oh, oh, milk it for all of its worth. Oh, ride it as long as you possibly can. Uh, uh, Who knows how long this is going to last? Who knows if it's ever going to be this good ever again? Maybe you're here this morning and God is calling you out of your comfort zone. You are here today and God has been speaking to you and God has been wooing you and God has been dealing with you and God has been giving you direction and God is calling you out of your, out of your comfort zone. He's trying to get you from where you are to the place that he wants to take you and yet you are resisting him because of how good it is where you are. Second reason why the disciples possibly resisted this was because of the future storm. Verse 24 says that they they ran smack dab into a storm. How many understand smack dab? Jesus makes them get into the boat and makes them set sail and immediately they run smack dab into a storm. Now most of these disciples were fishermen by trade. They could discern the skies. They knew how to read the clouds. They knew when they needed to be on the water and when they did not need to be on the water. And no doubt when Jesus told them to get into the boat, no doubt that they looked up into the sky, and no doubt that they saw the storm brewing and heading toward them, and so because that they saw the impending storm, because that they saw that they were going to be going in not too long, they would be facing a storm, they, they put up a little bit of fight, a little bit of struggle, and they didn't want to go. And so it is with us sometimes. God tries to get us out of our comfort zone. God tries to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. God tells us to get into the boat and to set sail in a particular direction. And yet we look at the situation. And as we look at the situation, we see that there's some storm clouds building up. We can see, we can discern the fact that, hey, this is not going to be a calm, tranquil, smooth ride. I see some bumps ahead. I I see some wind ahead. I see some adversity ahead. I see some, some, some rough water ahead. And so we resist God because we can see a future storm and we don't want to be a part of it. Here's what I have come to learn. Seldom do we get from where we're at To where God wants to take us without going through a storm. And something else I've learned is that God seems to use the lessons that we learn in the storm to prepare us for the future that He has planned for us. Notice the second thing that I see in these few verses that we read this morning. The second thing I see is I see the reaction. I see the reaction. Now, in the midst of the storm, as the disciples are being tossed about in their boat, the Bible says that Jesus comes toward them walking on top of the water. Can you imagine that? It's kind of hard to imagine it, isn't it? But the Bible said that in the midst of the storm, Jesus comes walking toward them on top of the water. But notice the reaction of the disciples. Their first reaction Is fear. Found in verses 25 and 26. It says in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. And they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. It's interesting that the disciples were fearful of the very one that was going to save them. And so it is with you and so it is with me sometimes. In the midst of our storm, God, God comes toward us or God sends someone to us or God plants something in our life to help us. And yet we fear it and often we reject out of fear the very thing or the very person, amen, that God has planted and placed in our life, amen, to help us through the storm. The second reaction I see is faith. Found in verses 27 through 29. But immediately Jesus said to them, be of good cheer, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to Peter, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter moved out of fear and moved into faith. Sometimes these two emotions are not very far apart. I've often found myself moving from fear to faith and then back into fear and back into faith and back into fear and back into into faith. And Peter cries to Jesus, and he says, Lord, if that's really you out there, why can't I come out there with you? Lord, if that's really you out there on the water, bid me or or invite me to come out there with you. And Jesus said, hey, if you're man enough, come on. And Peter exercised faith. Now, Peter's faith was demonstrated in three ways. First of all, it was demonstrated in the fact that he responded to his Lord's invitation. He responded to his Lord's invitation. Verse 29, Peter came down out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus. I ask you this morning, what kind of faith does it take To step out of a boat in the midst of a storm and believe that you could actually walk on top of the water. I mean, it's one thing for you to believe that, uh, that your master, that your Lord, that your Savior, that the miracle worker could do it. It's one thing to believe that Jesus could do it. But what kind of faith does it take for you, yourself, amen, to get out of the boat and walk on the water? Now, we love to beat Peter up, man. We love to beat him up for all that he did. We call him impulsive, and then we make fun of him because he almost drowned and all of that. But I'm asking you this morning, what kind of faith would it take? What kind of faith did Peter have to have in order to get up out of the boat and walk on the water? A whole lot more faith than I have. Pretty sure a whole lot more faith than you've got. Amen. Amen. talking about faithing our future. You see, God has somewhere that he wants to take us. God has something that he wants to do in and through our lives. God has a future all mapped out for you and all mapped out for me. But, friend, it will take faith on our part to step out of the comfort and the security of the boat that we've been riding, riding in, the boat that has kept us afloat for all these years, amen, the boat, amen, that we feel so secure in. It's going to take some faith on our part to get up out of that boat and walk where we've never walked before. We've heard the Lord's voice clearly come. I'm talking to somebody here this morning, and God has been dealing with you. God has been talking to you. God has been leading with you. God has been nudging you. God has been talking to you, and and and, and, and he's telling you, and he's giving you direction in, in, in your life. Amen. But you can sit there in the boat and think about it and contemplate it all the rest of your life, or you can get the faith to believe, amen, if I will get up out of the boat, and if I will start walking, God will help me stay up, and he won't let me drown. So I ask you this morning, do you have the faith like Peter had, enough faith to respond to the Lord's invitation? Now, let's just get very practical this morning. Maybe maybe the Lord's invitation to you is to start tithing. Taking you somewhere where you have never been before. Doing something that you have never done before. For years, you have been willing to just ride along in this nice, comfortable boat we have and let everybody else row. How many of you know that some of us row pretty hard in this boat? Some of us work really hard to keep this boat afloat. Some of us dig down pretty deep in our pockets to keep this boat afloat. This boat doesn't just stay up and float all by itself. And maybe God has been dealing with you and God has been saying, all right, all right, you've been sucking your thumb long enough. You've been a baby Christian long enough. You've been crying wow, long enough. It's time to grow up now. It's time to pick up an oar now. And it's time to do some rowing. And it takes some faith to let loose of the first 10% of your income, especially if you're barely making it or not even making it. Maybe the Lord's invitation to you is, is to start giving to missions. You tithe. But you haven't given anything to missions. And God has said, all right, thank you for the time. Now it's time. Now it's time, amen, to go a step further. Now I want to take you where you've never been before. And I want to do with you and in you and through you something that's never happened before. And it will take some faith to do it. Maybe the Lord's invitation to you is to, is to get involved in some ministry in the church. Maybe it's the Royal Ranger ministry. Maybe it's the Impact Girls ministry. Maybe it's the youth ministry. Maybe it's the women's ministry. Maybe it's ushering. Maybe whatever that the ministry might be. But it is time. And God wants to take you to where you have never been before. But it will take some faith on your part, amen, to go where God wants to take you. Amen. The question this morning is, do we have enough faith to respond to the Lord's invitation? Peter's faith was demonstrated in three ways. Number two, he refused to be intimidated by the storm. He refused to be intimidated by the storm. You see, it wasn't a calm, clear day when Peter chose to go water walking. Okay, we're going to learn how to swim. So here's how you learn we start in the kiddie pool. And then we work our way up. That's not the way it was with Peter. He didn't get to choose a perfect, calm, nice day to try water walking. The wind is howling. The rain is falling. Oh, the lightning is crashing. Oh, Oh, it's a terrible storm. Amen. He doesn't wait for perfect situation and perfect circumstances before he steps out of the boat and onto the water. So he has to refuse to be intimidated by the storm. May I say to you today, if you're waiting on perfect conditions before you go water walking. Then let me get all of my bills current and paid up and then I'll try that tithing thing. It will never happen. If all the circumstances have to be just right before you are willing to step out of your boat of comfort and security, you probably never will. And then the third way, Peter's faith was demonstrated is that he rejected the negative influence of his peers he rejected the negative influence of his peers now there's no doubt in my mind that the other 11 disciples no doubt they tried to talk peter out of leaving the boat I mean, just think about it for a moment. It didn't make a lot of sense. It wasn't very logical for him to leave a perfectly good dry boat. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't dry because the, the waves were coming in, but it was, it was safe and it was secure. It didn't make a lot of sense for Peter to leave the security of a boat that is, that is designed to keep you up in the middle of the water, to leave that and to go out there on your own without the safety of the boat and try and do something that, that gravity tells you you cannot do. So I can just imagine some of the comments that were made and some of the advice that Peter was probably given. Surely somebody said, are you crazy, Pete? Are you out of your ever-loving mind? And who do you think you are anyway? Hey, man, don't you understand? Nobody walks on the water. It's impossible. Don't be a fool, dude. Doubting Thomas probably said, hey, Pete, hey, Pete, can I have this fishing boat of yours after you drown? The subject today is faithing our future. You see, God has an incredible future plan for, for all of us here today as individuals. And I believe also that God has an incredible future plan for the grace place Family, but listen, it will take faith on our part if God actually gets us there. If God takes us from where we are to where he wants to to take us where he wants us to be, it will take some faith on our part. We're going to have to have some faith. We're going to have to have the faith like Peter had faith enough to reject the negative influence of our peers. And listen, here's what I've, under, what I've come to know. Sometimes it's our very own family. Sometimes it's our very own friends uh, who hold us back and influence us in a negative way. When I look back at some of the things that God called me to do in the last 40 plus years... Amen. Some of the times when God called me to leave a very comfortable situation, a a very uh, lucrative situation uh, and go somewhere uh, with no promise of anything, only the call of God. And it was my own family. It was my own friends. Amen. It was the people that I needed to support me were the very ones. Amen. That tried to hold me back were the very ones that tried to talk me out of it, but the very ones that tried to keep me from doing and keep me from going where God, I knew God was taking me. can't tell you how many times in my life that I've had to go against the naysayers in order for God to take me from where I was to where he wanted me to be. And then I want you to notice the next reaction that I see. That is failure. Verse 30 says that when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. Now, it's interesting to me that it was the boisterous wind that caused Peter to fail. I mean, the wind was boisterous when he left the boat. The wind was boisterous as he was walking on the water for a while. So what's the diff? I mean, why now? The difference was focus. Focus. At first, his focus was on Jesus. And the fact that Jesus called him out of the boat and called him to walk on the water. And so his focus at first was on Jesus. All that he could see was was Jesus, oh, oh, he could see Jesus, the face of Jesus smiling a smile of approval, oh, oh, as he defies the law of gravity and walks on top of the water. He could also see the hands of Jesus as they reached out to Peter saying, Come on, come on, you're doing great, you're doing great, come on, keep on coming. But after a while, his focus changed from the face of Jesus and the hands of Jesus. After a while, his focus oh, his focus changed from Jesus to his circumstances. And he started looking around and he started seeing the wind and he started seeing the waves. And I think what he really saw was where he was and where the boat was. And isn't that the way it is with us sometimes? or most of the time, man, when we first come to Christ, man, when we first get saved, it's all about Jesus. Man, all we want to talk about is Jesus. Man, I mean, we just make people sick of hearing about Jesus. And all we want to do is go to church. And all we want to do is talk about the Lord. And all we want to do is read our Bible. And all we want to do, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It don't matter about everything else that's happening around us. It doesn't matter about all of our problems. It doesn't matter about all the difficulties because our focus is on Jesus. We are madly in love with Jesus and our faces upon Jesus. And then as we go along for a little while, we start looking around. And when Peter got his focus off of Jesus and started focusing upon the circumstance and the situation, down he went. Let me give you three quick thoughts on failure this morning. Three, just simple, very quick thoughts about failure. Let me suggest, first of all, that failure is inevitable. Failure is inevitable. Everybody fails. look to your right, look to your left, look in front of you, look behind you, you'll find people who, oh, don't forget to look in the mirror. And you'll find people who fail because failure is inevitable. Nobody gets it right 100% of the time. Winston Churchill said, success is going from one failure to another without losing your enthusiasm. (laughs) And for most of us, it's three steps forward and it's two steps back. Not only is failure inevitable, but failure, number two, can be instructive. Failure can be instructive. I ask you this, this morning, if, is failure really failure if you learn something in the process? Henry Ford said, failure provides us the luxury of beginning again more intelligently. And I read where Thomas Edison failed 1,000 times before he invented the light bulb. But he wasn't discouraged. He said, I now know 1,000 ways that will not work. And so he tried one more time, and voila, the light bulb was invented. As I look back over the 40-plus years of of my full-time ministry, every time that God has led me from one ministry to the other, every time that God has has led me to leave a ministry and go to another ministry. When I get to the next ministry, it's not that I look back to the successes of the former ministry, even though there were successes. But I tend to look back at the failures. I tend to look back at the things that I did wrong and I say, oh, I've got a new start here. I don't have to make that same mistake over again. Amen? It just seems to me like that we can learn more from our failures than from our successes. Amen? So if I will take what I have learned in the past failure and use it to help me succeed in my future endeavor, failure can be instructive if we're wise enough to glean from it. And then let me suggest this morning that failure should cause us to be introspective. When we fail, we should determine the cause of our failure. See, see, it's okay to fail. It is. It's okay to fail. It's not okay to keep failing in the same area. In the same way, over and over and over and over again. Today's failure should be different than yesterday's failure. So we need to to determine the cause of our failure, and then we need to do whatever we need to do in order to correct it so it does not happen again. just put it like this if your dog keeps getting out of the backyard maybe you ought to shut the gate you can yell at the dog you can scold the dog but if you just shut the gate the dog will stay in the yard And yet we keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again and wondering why in the world that things keep happening to us. Why in the world do we keep getting the same results that we're always getting? Why can't things happen and change in my life? Maybe it's as simple as shutting the gate. And sometimes we shut the gate To keep something in. And sometimes we shut the gate to keep some things out. And for some of you this morning, you need to shut the gate in order to keep something in. But for some of you, you need to shut the gate to keep some things out. My ad-lib sermon today is better than my real one. Amen. Notice the fourth reaction I see. Only thing about ad-libs, it adds to the sermon. (laughs) Notice the fourth reaction I see, and that is fortitude. Fortitude found in verse 30 through 32. When Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Peter showed fortitude in two ways. Number one, he got back up. He got back up. Yeah, he fell. And yes, he failed temporarily. But in his fall and through his fall, Peter knew how Peter knew who to reach out to and Peter knew who to call out to. It's okay to fall, it's okay to fail, it's not okay to stay there. Second way Peter showed fortitude was that he faced his peers. If I just think through this logically, and that's the way I think. Usually the way I preach. Surely Peter must have thought, Lord, can't we walk to the shore? Really, Lord? We have to walk back to the boat? Because Peter knew what was waiting for him back at the boat. Surely he's thinking, what are the other disciples going to say to me? Oh, I know they are going to ridicule me. I know they're going to make fun of me because they told me, don't try it. They told me you'll drown. They told told me you can't make it. You can't do it. And now I've got to go back. After nearly drowning. I mean, they saw me. They watched me. They saw me. They saw me fall. They saw me gurgle. They saw me cry out like a big baby. Help! (laughs) Why do we always focus on the fall of our brother and not on their success? Yeah, Peter fell. Yes, he had a momentary failure. But listen, let me tell you that he is also the only one out of 12 that can list Water Walker on his resume. My subject today is Faithing Our Failure, Faithing Our Future. Because it will take faith on our part to get us from where we are to where God wants to take us. And along with faith, it's going to take some intestinal fortitude. You know what that is, don't you? Guts. It's going to take some guts. Like Peter, who proved his fortitude in two ways. He proved it because he got back up. Yes, he failed. Yes, he, he fell in the water. Yes, yes. But he got back up. and he, After he got back up, he walked back and he faced his, his peers. Chuck Swindoll tells the story of Chippy the parakeet. He said the bird's troubles began when his owner decided to clean out his cage using a vacuum hose. When the phone rang, she laid down the hose in the direction of the bird and swoosh, Chippy was gone. She quickly turned off the vacuum and unzipped the bag. And there was Chippy, stunned but still breathing. (laughs) Seeing that Chippy was covered with dust, she rushed him to the bathtub where she turned on the faucet full blast and held the bird under the icy water. At that point she realized that she had done even more damage and so she quickly cranked up the blow dryer and gave the wet, shivering little parakeet a blast from the blow dryer. Chuck Swindoll finished the story by saying, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. And maybe that is described. You, this morning, life has dealt you more than your share of adversity. You have fallen and you have failed more times than you can count. And like Chippy, you don't seem to see much anymore. If that's you this morning, may I encourage you to get back up. May I encourage you to get back up just one more time and try again. If that's you this morning, can I encourage you to take your eyes off of your circumstances and your situations and your failures and can I encourage you to focus all of your problems and all of your attention and start focusing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. May I encourage you today to lift up your eyes toward Jesus and toward heaven today. May I ask you this morning to look and see if you cannot see the smile of Jesus. Amen. As he gives you his smile of approval, and can you see him as his hands are outstretched to you today? And he's encouraging you, Come on, come on, come on, don't quit, don't stop. You can make it all the way. Quickly, this morning, very quickly, let's look at the third and last thing that I see in this passage that is the result. Let me suggest two this morning. The first is that peace accompanies Jesus. Peace accompanies Jesus. Verse 32, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Maybe you're here this morning and the storm is raging in your life. Perhaps God is trying to take you somewhere in your walk with him and it scares you. Let me encourage you. Peace accompanies Jesus. Can I tell you that the process is not very peaceful? I can tell you that when God has done drastic things in my life, when God has taken me from comfort situations to uncomfortable situations, the process the process of getting me there wasn't always peaceful, and it wasn't always easy, and the storm was nearly always brewing. But I want to tell you, it was once that I made up my mind and set my heart and set my face on Jesus, and once I made up, made my decision and made up my mind, and I knew that I knew that I knew that God had called me to it and that God wanted me to do it, and so then I committed committed to it and even though the circumstances didn't seem to change at the moment something changed on the inside of me amen because that when we align our will with the will of god amen when jesus becomes a part amen of our ministry and what we're doing and we become a part of what god is doing in our life amen he will also bring peace with him amen isaiah 26 and 3 says you will keep him in perfect peace who you going to keep in perfect peace Those whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. In John 14 and 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let your your heart not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The second result that I find here, and that is people are influenced through your faith. People are influenced through your faith. Verse 33, then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The 11 disciples that stayed in the boat saw everything that happened. They saw Jesus. They saw Peter. They saw Peter walk on the water. They also saw Peter when he almost drowned. And they saw Jesus rescue Peter. And they also watched as Peter, amen, and Jesus walked back to the boat hand in hand. The truth of the matter is people are watching our lives. And they see us at our best and they see us when we mess up. And the truth is people are influenced through our faith. Whether it is a positive influence or whether it is a negative influence. They see us when we're bebopping on the water. They see us when we're moonwalking on the water. They see us when they're showing out. No doubt Peter did a little showing out because that's the kind of personality that he had. And maybe he did a little moonwalk. Maybe he did a little spoon. Maybe he did a little bit of dance on the water, man. I mean, he's feeling his oats. He's having him some time. A good time, and they're watching. And they see him defy the law of gravity. They also see him when he falls let me tell you, it's when we fall that people really look at us. It's when we fall, it's when we fail, it's when we get the props knocked out from under That's when people really look at us. That's when people really, and that's when the real true us shows up. Amen. It's not the real true us bebopping on the water. The real true us shows up when we fall down. Amen. What are we going to do? When we fall down. Are we going to blame everybody else because we fall. We're going to blame everybody else because we failed. and we're going to blame everybody else. Amen. Or are we going to cry out to Jesus? Amen. And are we going to reach out to Jesus? And do we have enough faith? We had enough faith to start. Do we have enough faith to finish? Do we have enough faith to believe that Jesus can get us back up on our feet and Jesus can get us going again? And do we have enough faith to walk on the water again? Worship team, get back in place very quickly and quietly this morning, please. The subject today is faithing our future. The extent of our future is determined by our faith. And I just preached 37 minutes and I didn't even get an amen on that. Maybe I just wore you out. Let me try it again. The extent of our faith is determined by the extent. Maybe I said it wrong. That's why you didn't respond. You're supposed to know what I mean, not what I say. Been here long enough. You know what I'm going to say. So just be ready to, you know, agree. Amen. The extent of our future is determined by our faith. Whether we change or whether we stay the same whether God gets us to where he wants us to be, or we're content to remain where we are. Most of this will be determined by whether or not we are willing to faith our future. So how about it this morning? Are you willing to faith your future? Are you willing to faith your future? Stand with me this morning, please. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word today, God, I pray that you will do with this word today what you intended to do with this word. I don't always know what you want to do with it, God, but I know that you want to do something with this word this morning. I pray that you will do with the word that has been shared today, what needs to be done in the heart and the life of your people today. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room this morning. Maybe you're here today and and you've fallen. You're like Peter. You, You got out of the boat and you walked for a while. But for whatever reason, your focus got switched from Jesus to your circumstances or your situation or whatever else. The moment you took your eyes off Jesus, you you began to sink. And every day it just seems that you sink a little lower, and a little lower, and a little lower, and a little lower. I understand you can only hold your breath so long, and then it's over. And maybe you're here today and you've been holding your breath for a long time. You've been sinking, you've been sinking, you've been going down and down, and you've been holding your breath, but you just about have gone as low as you can go. And maybe you only have just a moment or two left. But as long as you have that moment or two left, there is hope. And if all you will do is just do like Peter and cry out, Lord, save me, Lord, help me. And look towards Jesus. He will pick you back up this morning. And he'll hold you up. And he'll help you walk once again. If that's you this morning, I've described you. And you want to reach out to Jesus this morning. Can I see your hand all over this room this morning? I've fallen. I've fallen and I need the Lord to help pick me up this morning. God bless you in the back. God bless you in the back. God bless you in the front. You can put your hands down now. How many others this morning? have fallen. I have fallen and I need the Lord's help today. I want to cry out to the Lord today that he will pick me up. He'll pick me up. Second question I have for you this morning is maybe. Maybe you need the Lord to help you today to have the faith. To get out of your boat. Enough faith to get beyond your comfort level. God is dealing with you. He's called you. He's given you direction. He's wooed you. He's given you. He's calling on you. You just need faith. Like Peter had. To get up out of the boat. Get beyond your comfort zone and get to where Jesus wants to take you. Wherever that is in your life, if that's you this morning, can I see your hand all over this room this morning? God bless you and you and you and you and you and you you, this morning and you this morning. If you raise your hand for either one of these questions this morning, very quickly, I want you to come to the front. As an act of faith this morning, I want you to come and make a step forward. It's like you're getting out of your boat and you're coming. Amen. Amen. Come on. 20 people raise their hand for one thing or another this morning. Get out of the boat and come on down. Get out where you're at and come on down. God bless you. There's still others that need to come. Keep coming. Thank you. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have. I want you to come this morning. I want you to come. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming. Thank you. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming. coming. Can we move in real close so we'll have room for many others to come this morning? If you're standing there, come on. Move as close as you can this morning. Come on in. Over here. Come on in. Move in a little bit. Come on in. Father, I just pray this morning for these that have come today. God, thank you that they have the faith this morning to... First of all, to raise their hand, and then faith to get out from their seat and come on down. Lord, I pray for those that perhaps they have fallen this morning. They've fallen, and they need Jesus to pick them up. Lord, I pray that that you will pick them up this morning. Help them, Lord, to reach out to you today. Lord, I know you're reaching out to them. Pick them up and get them on their feet and get them going again. And for those this morning, Lord, that you've been wooing them, you've been talking to them, you've been stirring them, you've been talking to them, You've been dealing with them. God, I pray that you will help them to get out of their comfort zone and be willing to do what you've called them to do and be involved in what you want them to be involved in. For your glory in Jesus' name. Can we all come forward to the altar this morning? Everyone move forward to the altar area. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Just lift your hands and your voices this morning. Just start worshiping the Lord and loving on Jesus this morning. Come on. Come on. Get get into His presence today with your worship, with your praise. Open your heart out to Him today. Open your heart out to Him. Pour your heart out to Him this morning. One on one with Him this morning. Just you and God. Just you and Man, there's places God wants to take us we've never been before. There's experiences awaiting on us that we've never thought possible for us. It's one thing to believe that Jesus could walk on the water. Well, yeah, he opened blinded eyes, unstopped deaf ears, he fed five thousand with five loaves and two fish. Yeah, okay, why okay, yeah, he can walk on water too. Peter had not only enough faith to believe that that was Jesus out there walking, but he also had enough faith to believe, "Hey, I can, I can walk out there with you." And maybe you thought, "Well, you know, yeah, a pastor can have this kind of walk with God, or Pastor Don can have this, or one of the staff members can." But, but no, no, no. Let me tell you, God wants to take you. He wants to do with you. He wants to use you. yourself up because you've fallen, just just get back up. Just get back up. Ask the Lord to help you get back up and just just start walking again. Start walking again. Oh, they'll say, well, he'll fall again. Well, he, he just might. If he falls again, all he's got to do again is just, Lord, help me. Get back up. Go again.